Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron, and this is Real Deep Shit. I started watching a docuseries on HBO called The Anarchists, which premiered July 10th. And if you're not familiar with it, here's a synopsis. The docuseries follows a group of anarchists from the United States to Acapulco, Mexico, where the Canadian entrepreneur.comer Jeff Berwick started a conference called Anarchapulco. This conference attracts libertarians, fugitives, and those that are attracted to the idea of creating a life free from government control and are also interested in cryptocurrency. The filmmaker interviews Jeff Berwick throughout the six-part documentary series along with um, the couple uh, Freemans who start as participants of the conference and eventually become the organizers of the event, mainly because Jeff Berwick can't actually run things. And he even said himself that he has all of these ideas, but could never run a company. And through the episodes that I've seen, he's shown holding a glass of wine during his keynote, addressing conference attendees and photos showing passed out drunk. So basically, the conference is a huge party for everybody that goes which is why he admits not being able to actually make his ideas come to fruition. Anywho, let's look at the definition of anarchy. The dictionary defines anarchy as a state of disorder due to absence or non-recognition of authority, absence of government and absolute freedom of the individual regarded as political ideal. The definition of an anarchist, a person who rebels against any authority, established order, or ruling power, a person who believes in, advocates, or promotes anarchism or anarchy especially, one who uses violent means to overthrow the established order. Many of the people that were interviewed for the docu-series so far, I've, I've only watched, there's only two episodes published to watch. So far, what I've seen, they have have a common thread, which is basically fuck the state. They have come from the U.S. as statists, and we'll talk about what that means, to Mexico, mainly because of the conference. And usually those that come to the conference either stay in Acapulco for a few months or six months or even move there because all of these expats that have built this community there around this conference and people feel much freer in Acapulco compared to the United States. So they end up staying there a long time or moving. So basically these anarchists, they don't want or have never paid taxes They don't want the government telling them what they can and can't do with their property. 
how to raise their kids. Many of them are unschooling advocates or want their kids documented slash owned by the government in regards to having a birth certificate, social security number. In the second episode, one of the characters is pregnant and has an at-home birth with a doula, which a lot of people do. They don't have to be anarchists to have an at-home birth. But they also discussed that they'll most likely not get a birth certificate for the baby and have it um, have the baby owned by the government. And they talk about how, like, the first thing when you go to a hospital when the baby is born, the first thing they do is they weigh the baby, they measure the baby, and they feel this is very um, controlling and um, basically the government documenting or owning their children. Some of the terminology that was used in the series that I found to be interesting was statist, which is what I had mentioned before, and it's an advocate of a political system in which the state has substantial centralized control over social and economic affairs. Another term that was used quite a bit was called anarcho-capitalism or free market anarchism, which is an anti-state political philosophy that attempts to reconcile anarchism with capitalism. So someone who believes anarcho-capitalism is an anarcho-capitalist, which are basic libertarians believe that the only just way to acquire property is through voluntary trade, gift, or labor-based original uh, appropriation, rather than through aggression or fraud. So I don't want to give too much away about the docuseries for those who haven't watched it. But one young couple from Ohio was driving down to Mexico to attend this conference, and they got pulled over and arrested for having marijuana in their car. They were possibly profiled because you know, they had the dreadlocks, they looked like your typical hippie. Who knows why they actually got pulled over, but they did. They got arrested. They did get bail. So once they were out of jail, they decided to continue on to Mexico where they were actually able to cross at Tijuana, I believe. Someone had told them to go to Tijuana and at night, um, because they didn't have a passport, they had no means, money or anything to get a passport. The border patrol basically turns a blind eye because the border was very busy that night and lets them cross into Mexico. So in the docuseries, the filmmaker interviews the young woman and she explains why they went to Mexico, which was for the conference, and how they want to live their lives, which is free of government control. In a way, living off the grid is similar to anarchy, in my opinion. I could be totally off base, and I'm sure someone will tell me if I am. But when you're living off the grid, you're not using electricity, you're not exchanging money necessarily, you're living off the land, you're using a barter as a currency, so would everyone that lives off the grid call themselves anarchists? The impression that I get from 
watching the two episodes is that these so-called anarchists aren't truly living in a state of anarchy. Most of the people that they showed were living this life of luxury in Mexico, which is inexpensive compared to the States. And they were in these very nice houses. This one guy was in a castle that was like a five-bedroom. And a lot of the anarchists actually lived there. And he was charging $500,000 a month for people to live there. And I don't know if this exchange was through cryptocurrency or how the money was being exchanged. And many of the speakers at the conference appear to be rich entrepreneurs that knew about cryptocurrency and anarchy. And these people also use the internet. They use cell phones. They purchase goods, which I'm assuming are taxed. By the end of the second episode things were starting to get messy, big time. A cryptocurrency ATM machine that was brought to the conference and installed in a vegan restaurant for conference attendees to use was stolen from a U.S. company and confiscated by Interpol. There's mention of a murder, and the young fugitives from Ohio decide to fork off uh, Anarchapoco to create Anarchaforco, because apparently, and agreeably, Anarchapoco didn't have enough anarchy represented. This couple had had criticized Anarchapoco from the get-go because of its disorganization and the speakers that they had, because according to the young woman, she felt that the speakers weren't qualified to speak about anarchy, because a lot of them would say, oh, you know, I'm new to this anarchy stuff. I've only been doing it for a few months. So she felt that the speakers weren't qualified to speak about the topic. In thinking back to the two episodes that I saw, and granted, it's a docuseries. It can be edited to tell a story however the filmmaker wants to tell it but from what I've seen it was very confusing to figure out what the end goal was for this group of people was it just around this conference was it something that they wanted to have as a lifestyle were people just coming to Acapulco because it was a beach community and it was amazing and inexpensive. Like I didn't really get, besides the conference, what was really attracting them to Acapulco. They didn't really talk about, and maybe they will. There's, what, four more episodes. But maybe they'll go more into depth in the actual community that they're building, allegedly. Maybe they'll talk more about what, lifestyle they want to create there outside of the conference because right now I feel like it's just centered around this conference which is what attracts people there in the first place the ironic thing that I noticed in the second episode is that this couple the Freemans it's a husband and wife team that are the organizers now of the conference I've noticed that 
they want to be in control of this conference and the speakers and who they want there and the community that sets up there. And if you're an anarchist, you really, you don't want control. You don't want anybody controlling you. So, you know, I find that kind of ironic that the Freemans are basically in control of what's happening around this conference and who is attending in the community that they're building. And I think that was one of the reasons why this Anarchoforco was created by this couple, this young couple, because the young couple was like not satisfied with the conference, but also they weren't really friend they weren't friends with the freemans like the freemans and them they did not get along so it was just interesting to me that a group of people that didn't want to be controlled were being controlled by this couple the freemans so it will be interesting to see in the other episodes where this goes and if people start getting a clue that the Freemans are basically telling them what they can and can't do. Because when they heard that this young couple was creating Anarcho-Forco, they got pissed and they felt they were doing this other conference in spite of or to spite the Freemans and Jeff. So... I just find it kind of funny that these people that don't want to be controlled are the ones now controlling. And honestly, I agree with some of their philosophy as far as government telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. You know, I'm tired of politicians being bought by corporations. The rich are only getting richer while the middle class is becoming obsolete. So yeah, maybe I am an anarchist. I'd love to run away to another country and live a simpler life. Mexico wouldn't be at the top of my list, but unless you're off the grid in whatever country you happen to be in, you're still going to have to deal with some sort of government system, whether it's taxes or banking. So tell me, what are your thoughts about anarchy? Are you an anarchist, even just a little bit? Sarcasmus Day. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast, an independent podcast. Email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at womenwhosarcast. Get your copy of Women Who Podcast magazine today. Visit womenwhopodcastmag.com to subscribe. Show music provided by Mike Imbasiani. 